Hey, Glenetta. Hi, Margaret. How's it going? Good. How are you? Chill. You feel, are so chill. I feel excited for the first day of school. Are you? Yeah. A lot of people are anxious about the first day of school. So welcome to the next episode of What You Don't Know Yet. I'm Margaret Lytle. I'm Glenetta Krauss. And our topic today is the first day of school. You didn't get that from our... <laughs> Very smooth spiel. (laughs) So our objective is that by the end of this episode, you will be just as excited as Margaret about the first day of school, and that you will know what it takes to have a very smooth first day of school. So, Glenetta, our do now today is, what is the most important thing to accomplish on the first day of school? What do you think? For me, I think it is getting to know the names of your students and just establishing the tone for your classroom. I make a real effort to know everybody's name by the end of the first day. You know everybody's name by the I, end? I try to. We do a lot of get to know you games and I depend heavily on my pictures in their grade book, but yeah, I try to know everybody's name. And then we go over the syllabus for my class and study it as a reading of how we will do things in class. But that lesson continues for three or four days, really, weeks of how to do things in school. What about you? What's the most important thing to achieve on the first day of school? I think this year it's shifted a little bit for me. Last year, my classes really struggled with attendance especially with my English language learner Mm -hmm. population. I'm really going to try to focus on giving the kids the rationale for my class. Here's why we're here. Here is how it's going to benefit you. Here's what you can get out of it. I've been talking a lot about this idea of attendance with a friend who's in marketing. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, what would you do to try to convince kids to come to school? Because... She works for the opera, and she's like, I have to convince people to come to these performances. Interesting. And she's like, you could make, like, videos or, like, anticipation things on social media where the kids are seeing, they're like, oh, Mr. Glidal's excited to be here. I'm going to show up. So kind of playing with using some marketing to get the kids in. I like that. So let's try to think about this from the perspective of a brand new teacher, though. Mm -hmm. You probably have no idea how to prepare for your first day of school because the first day is a little weird. And honestly, the first day has a huge impact on how the rest of your year is going to go. Look back at the first episode of this podcast where I talk about (laughs) how my disastrous first day went and then it affected my whole year. But once you get into the school year and you've had that great first day or that first week or first couple of weeks and you're just like into the meat of your class, you're going to be like, thank God that's over. But thank God I did all of these Mm -hmm. things because it's just going to go much better for you. What should a new teacher be doing to prepare for a good first day of school? I think one of the big things is getting your room ready. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make sure that our room is decorated. I know the first year I had a Pinterest-worthy classroom. (laughs) And ever since then, it has slowly devolved into more chaos. So I think, don't worry so much about decorations, but having your room in some sort of order. Have a place where kids know they can put their papers that are ready to be turned in. 
have a place where kids can sharpen their pencils or you have extra pencils. If you're using a bulletin board, know what the bulletin board is for so that on the first day when you're giving a tour of the room, you can say, you should look here for this information. I love this little teacher hack, writing numbers and permanent marker on the desks. You can easily remove it with nail polish remover so that when I make a seating chart, I can just say go to number one or go to number two and I don't have to rely on any kind of sign. So yeah, I think getting your room, having a syllabus mm -hmm. ready if you teach high school. With my syllabus, it's kind of part of my syllabus. It's kind of a letter to students mm -hmm. like this is what our year will be like. So I make sure to have that already printed. Actually, I think I have them already printed off for <laughs> next year. I, know, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been this organized before. The week before, I like to start going into school, arranging my room the way I want it to be, making sure that everything is clean and everything has a place. Once you start adding 30 students into the classroom, if you have a stack of books that you're like, I'm not really sure what I want to do with these books, and they're just kind of sitting on a shelf in the back of your room, that'll never get taken care of later yeah. <laughs> if you don't do it now. So just make sure everything has a place that your room looks comfortable. It does not have to be decorated. You know, I don't invest a whole lot of time in making it pretty. And I tell kids, you're going to make pretty stuff mm -hmm. in here. So my classroom right now is just some Ikea stickers on the walls that look like trees and branches and stuff like that. This would not make it on anybody's Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, the Pinterest thing is totally unrealistic. Because right. even when I've had like a beautifully decorated room, You've got 30 plus kids in there and they're gonna pick at the border on the bulletin board or whatever. Like last year, I teach in a classroom with no windows. I know it's a crime against humanity, but <laughs> I was like, I need something. So I bought one of those window decals and stuck it to my wall. But, cause it was really humid in my room, no airflow. <laughs> it all congealed into like one ball and so, that was discarded within a week. And then I had these Hogwarts banners that just kept falling. And I was just like, this is too much trouble. It's making me stressed out yeah. because I have to maintain this look. So Glenetta, when a new teacher is making their syllabus, we've talked about don't reinvent the wheel. What resources or suggestions do you have when somebody is creating their syllabus or writing a letter to parents or a newsletter? Yeah, I, I just Google a lot of things and mm -hmm. steal what's good. So if you Google, 10th grade English syllabus, as I did, <laughs> you will find examples of 10th grade English teachers all over the country uh -huh. who do that. Now, the one thing that I have been trying to do lately is to make things a little more visual. I have lots of special ed students and ESL students. I just feel like our society is depending more on pictures yes. in addition to words. So instead of making my syllabus look like one long page of words, 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 I'm a little mindful of how to lay it out. I'll post this on our website mm -hmm. so that people can see a sample of it. I use Jim Burke, English Teacher's Companion, a lot. Mm -hmm. He's really good about just how do you want to lay things out at the beginning of the year. And he throws in all kinds of samples of his classroom handouts and stuff like that. I try to make it a little more appealing to the eye and easy to understand. It's um, marketing material. It is yeah. marketing material. Yeah, it is trying to get them excited about our school year. I'm also mindful that these things end up in front of their parents a lot of times yes. too. This year was the first year where I was like, I don't want your 
parent sign-off sheet. Like a lot of people have the parents sign their mm-hmm. syllabus, and I have done that for years, and I understand why that is. But my syllabus is also posted on the Schoology page, and anyone can see it. I don't need that. That's like mm-hmm. a homework assignment for parents, and I don't want to start my relationship with them on that foot. Yeah. Can but, I tell a funny story about a, my first year syllabus? Yes, please. So I made the syllabus, and I'm sure Harry Wong told me exactly what to put <laughs> in there. And Harry Wong, if you're listening, like, I don't hate you. I just took you too literally. <laughs> um, but I had the syllabus, and I had everything in there. And I had one of those sheets at the end where I wanted kids. It was like a contract between me, the parents, and the yes. students. And so I had a place for the parent to sign, a place for the students to sign, and a place for me to sign. And idiot me printed all of these <laughs> syllabi off uh, multiple pages stapled and I realized you know it would have been a lot better if I had signed my name <laughs> before making all of the copies so I spent an afternoon signing 150 <laughs> copies of my syllabus and my signature to this day has been significantly altered because of that experience. <laughs> I used to write out Margaret Lytle, and now it is um, L-Y-T-O. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, kind of, if you make that mistake, recycle those papers, start again. That just right. created more stress for me, and it's funny now, but right. I was crying while writing this thing <laughs> so many times. I think talking to the other teachers in the building especially when you're getting material. A lot of teachers have a lot of crap in their rooms that they're Mm -hmm. not using, so if you need something, ask another teacher. I'm always asking for tape or, like, a hammer or (laughs) a measuring tape. measuring tape, yeah. Um, Or ask another teacher in your department for their syllabus, and then you can see what's good and make tweaks of your own. Yes, yes. There will definitely be a uh, teacher work day before the first day of school. And if your district is like ours, there's not really a whole lot of time for teachers to work on those days. Mm -hmm. There's little meetings and things. My first year of teaching, I thought that the teacher work day would be such that I would go in and set up my classroom. (laughs) And I know, isn't that so funny? (laughs) And so I didn't quit my job until the day before, and then the next day was teacher work day, where I didn't have any time to work in my classroom. I was starving by the end of the day, so I took myself to Boston Market and sat there and got myself something to eat, and then just like cried in Boston Market. It's like, I have so much work still to do, and the day is over, and... And they kick you out. They're they like, kick you, you out stay. at a time. Like, oh my gosh. So that was a mess. <laughs> yeah, so get there early. We have that week of professional development before students come. I'll come in the week before. Yeah. A couple hours here and there and get things settled. It just makes me feel more prepared right. when kids come. By the end of the summer, my sleep cycle is all messed up. I just always think August 1st is when I will let myself start going back into school. Mm-hmm. And I just go a couple hours a day until I can't stand it anymore, and then I come home, and it just kind of gives me some structure to my day that I haven't had for the whole month of July. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) The night before school starts, what would you advise? Plan your outfit, of course. Of course. You know, I like to dress to the theme, so, like, I want to dress, like, bright and happy. 
get the kids excited, professional, of course. And I usually dress, like, in the, the school colors. So we have, like, gold and maroon, so I'll wear, like, my maroon and white pants and a gold shirt. At school, I kind of have a uniform, a uniform that I have made up for myself. <laughs> it is not a real uniform. My school uniform for myself is a particular kind of dress that I have bought about 15 versions of the same dress and a pair of tights that are comfortable. I have chosen the colors of the dresses and the colors of the tights such that they all match each other. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I've just talked myself into that. But <laughs> I'm, I'm brave with my color choices sometimes so that I don't have to think about it the next day. And it sounds weird, but that does save me time yeah, every day. Like Steve Jobs did that, you mm -hmm. know, he had the turtleneck and the jeans and the... There you go. I am just shoes. like Steve Jobs. Yeah, and they, they say that that does just like relieve some stress and it frees up your mind to focus on yeah. other things. Yeah. I think you should also make your lunch the night before. Yep. Have your bag packed. Mm -hmm. I set all of that stuff right beside the door before I go to bed mm -hmm. and then I go to bed and then I just lay there like waiting in anticipation and it's kind of like Christmas it is like, it's like, I want Santa to come I'm so excited I'm so nervous what if they don't like me I hope they like me I what hope I like, like them my first day for my first year again <laughs> but I finally get up the next morning I try to you know meditate meditate get myself some breakfast um, it's hard to eat the first day. it is hard to eat the eat. first day but I I do try to just have an apple or a banana or something like that just to I don't know ground myself mm -hmm. now we're, we're in our cars we're driving to school and the most important part of your day <laughs> I didn't mention this in the do now but it is the most important part. It's the music that you play in the car on your way to school. So I'm going to give you my songs that I think you should listen to. All right. So the first one is I Have Confidence. It's from The Sound of Music. Julie Andrews sings it. You can sing along. It's great. Also, Queen's Don't Stop Me Now and Another One Bites the Dust. I'm not sure who's biting the dust in this situation. No. But I'm not going to too deeply about it. Ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance, ignorance bites the dust. And then probably the most important is the Rudy soundtrack. If you haven't seen the movie with Sean Astin, watch it. It's about football. I don't really know anything about football, but the music is really motivating. So I guess you call it like a combination of musical, rock, and instrumental. Musical queen football. Yeah. I should call that, I should name my playlist that. I totally, totally... Love it and I'm confused by it. <laughs> Can I just tell you this one thing about myself? When yes. I am at dance parties or parties where there is dancing, I will request a song and the entire dance floor just shuts down. Do you dance by yourself? Yes. <laughs> like they, people just don't realize what they're missing. Yeah. My husband did that at a wedding once. He goes up to the DJ and he's like, if you play Rapture by Blondie, I know all of these <laughs> 80s people get up. And I'm like... How do you dance to Rapture by Blondies? Yes. You can dance to anything. <laughs> All right, what's on your playlist? Happy by Pharrell. Mm -hmm. Kiss by Prince. Good one. Kiss. 
There's lots of like punk songs, flashlights, stuff like da 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 da. I need something that that kind of gets me excited, but kind of soothes my nerves a little bit yeah. too. I'm just gonna say it. I think my playlist is better because <laughs> it's more thematic. Like I have confidence. Julie Andrews is gonna go teach some kids. Don't stop me now. Don't stop my amazing teaching. Right. Everyone bites the dust. We already talked about the Rudy soundtrack. Like, let's go kick some ass. Okay. Yeah, I get you. I, I see where you're headed. <laughs> I, I think I need to retune my whole playlist. I'll send idea. you some some songs. <laughs> if they're from Rudy, you can just not send them. <laughs> what about Oklahoma? Oklahoma has one. nothing to do with the first day of school. <laughs> you know, like there's that song like, poor Judd is dead. That's like, if you're having a bad day. All right, so we've arrived at school. So what next? Hopefully all of your papers that you needed to copy are already done because if you wait until the first day of school, that's a little too late. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely do all of that that week before the professional developments, get mm -hmm. it all done, have your stacks, however you organize it, get that done so you're not rushing right. in. Check your email because there might be a, a few last minute changes to something. Make sure there you know what be. the daily yeah. schedule is. Make sure you know when the bell is going to ring and, and where kids are moving each time they leave you. And it's really easy when there is that kind of change and there's always, there is always going to be some wrench in the plan, technology's not gonna work, or the schedules that they printed are the wrong schedules, and <laughs> kids didn't pick up their schedule, so something is always gonna go wrong, and I think you just need to have the mindset ahead of time that something is gonna go wrong, I'm gonna stay calm and collected for right. that. Because if you start panicking, it's gonna make it worse for you, make it worse for the kids, so just kind of roll along with it and just be like, you know, we're still figuring this out. You just kind of roll with the punches. You know, I try to stand by my door and mm -hmm. say hi to everybody. I try to just make sure everything is happy and upbeat and positive. The kids who are supposed to be in my classroom, I welcome them into the classroom. The kids who are lost, I ask them if they need some help finding where to go. Just anything you can do to comfort them. At our school, you know, the freshmen are the biggest class and they're the most nervous about the what loudest. they're doing and they're the loudest and they're the least likely to just go up to somebody and ask for help. So I just try to keep my eyes peeled for, for those kids. When a kid comes to my door and they're like, I think this is where I'm supposed to be, I generally shake their hand and welcome them into class. I try to look everybody in the eye. Mm -hmm and introduce myself to them. Sometimes I tell them where their assigned seat is right then, but sometimes it's just the traffic moving in is too much and I just say, go have a seat, we'll talk about where to sit later. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, so when I get ready to have kids enter my classroom, I guess I put a lot of control over it. I have a get to know you survey on each desk. Yeah. Each desk is numbered. And I have a list of students' names, and I have put a number by each student. And I usually alphabetize them, or put them in seating arrangements so that they're alphabetized by their first name. That was a hack I learned from my mentor teacher when I was student teaching. It's helpful to remember their names when they're all, like, all the A's are sitting uh, together. Yeah. A kid will come up to my 
door, I'll shake their hand, I'll ask them their name, I'll find them on the list, and then they sit down, and then I have on my slideshow, here's what you should be doing. It shouldn't, you shouldn't be talking, you should be answering the questions, and all that. So that gives me time to shake everybody's hand, look them in the eye, get them to a seat, and then if there's a kid who's not on my list, who should be on my list, I can add them and find them a seat. Having them doing something while I'm greeting everybody, I think mm -hmm. is really important. It mm -hmm. helps everything run smoothly. We teach at a school that has about 20 to 25% of our students are from households that speak something other than English. And learning names can sometimes mm -hmm. be difficult because it might be a name you've never heard of. I think it is so important. As somebody who has a kind of a weird name, Glenetta, it just says everything to me if my teacher is trying to say my name. Those first few days of school, every time you're talking to a kid, you're saying their name or you're saying, I know you told me your name yesterday, you have to say it one more time. I haven't memorized it yet, but I'm going to and I want to know it. I tell them, you know, when I'm calling the roll, I want to say your name correctly. So if I mispronounce it, please correct me right now because mm -hmm. I really want to learn how to say your name. And if you have something that you would rather be called, let me know that too because I want you to feel comfortable in my classroom. And I usually have them like, instead of saying here or present or something like that, I usually have them answer a question. So, oh, okay. uh, you know, when I call your name, tell me what you would be doing if we had one more day of vacation mm -hmm. or something like that. That's my pretty popular first day question. And so each kid gets to kind of learn something about the other kids. Mm -hmm. The worst is when you're having a class discussion later on in the year and they're like, like, so, like that person said, and you're like, who, who are you talking about? And you realize that they don't know yeah. each other's names. Yeah. You're just like, Ugh, uh, yeah. That's one thing I'm trying to work on more diligently this mm -hmm. year. One thing that I do to kind of help me learn their names and for the students to learn each other's names is I'm playing this game that I stole from Jennifer Gonzalez from uh -huh. Pedagogy um, called Blobs and Lines, uh -huh. Lines and Blobs, that has kids maybe line up in order of their first name, or maybe they get into blobs of what country they're born in, since I have a lot of the students who were not born in the United States, so maybe my students from Eritrea will be in one blob, and my students from uh, Senegal in another, or maybe they'll line up in the number of languages that they speak. Ooh. So those kids who speak like five languages are at the top of the line and the ones who, like me, only speak one are at the end. <laughs> I want my kids to know that they are a lot more alike than they are different, even though we all come from different places and we grew up differently. So mm -hmm. that's really important to our whole dynamic as a class throughout the year. So establishing that on the first day is yeah. important. Uh, I usually play some kind of name bingo kind of thing, find somebody in the room who mm -hmm. has been to Canada or something like that, you know, have them mingle a little bit and then whoever wins first has to introduce each person who was in their bingo, you know, mm -hmm. just, just kind of uh, anything we can do to just keep practicing and keep saying names. We do try to touch on my syllabus at yeah. some point, but really I, I look at it like the first week or the first month is 
all time to go over that stuff. I pass out the syllabus and we'll, we'll go over that for a few days. Yeah, I think the last thing you want to do is what I did my first <laughs> year, is just have a PowerPoint that was just like all of the, like the whole syllabus on a PowerPoint, and that's what we did the entire bell. I think touching on your syllabus is really good, and then playing a game to get you know is really good. I think a lot of rules and procedures can be taught as they need to be. So like for example, one of my rules, and everybody should have this rule, is when the announcements come on, the room is silent. And I don't mention that rule until we have our first announcement. And so I right. say, hey guys, when this happens, I need it to be totally silent so we can hear what they're saying, especially if there is something that pertains to me or to you or if there's an emergency. And so once we talk about that, the kids are silent. So I don't have to say that in my PowerPoint on the first day. Yeah. Teach things as they come up. Like, eventually there will be a tardy student who comes in. Oh, great. You're yes. here. You can teach us how to be tardy. Because this is what happens when you're tardy in my class. And then we go through my whole procedure of what they have to do when they're tardy. Yeah, just don't feel like you have to hit everything on that first day. Right. Use it as a time to get to know your students. Right. I only have one rule in my classroom, and it kind of serves as like an umbrella for everything, and it's, you can do anything in this room as long as it doesn't disrupt our learning and teaching environment. And so we kind of just, I use that as like a discussion uh -huh. platform of, okay, what, is, what does that mean? What would be disruptive to our learning and teaching? And I don't say your learning and my teaching because I want them to know that, yes, I am called a teacher, but I act more like a facilitator. I will rarely be up in front of you telling you things. You'll usually be telling me things. So we just talk about, okay, so like being on your phone would probably be disruptive to your learning. It could be disrupting to somebody else's learning. Sharpening your pencil while the teacher's giving instructions is probably going to be disruptive to our environment. So we just kind of like talk about it that way. Right. And it kind of comes... I also try to start building some relationships, usually as an exit ticket or in their like interest survey. I ask something about what do I need to know in order to help you best. When I introduce that part of it, I say you might not even know that it's going to impact your learning. Like if your parents just got divorced, if you're hungry at this time of day, if you're whatever. That might be disruptive to learning, or I might need to be sensitive to that. I think that kids really want to share those things. They want, they want to do well, and so they want to share what it is that would help them learn. They're way more reflective than I think we give them credit for. I really like asking two questions. What would previous teachers say about you? What do you want me to think about you? And usually those two answers are different. Like they might say, so-and-so would think I'm a really disruptive student or I'm a bad student. I want you to know that I really care about mm -hmm. my work. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of enlightening to be like, it's really easy to take behavior at face value and say, oh, this is a really disruptive student, but it's usually they haven't figured out how to jive with school. So what do we do when a kid is acting up on the first day? I try to be firm but friendly that... I'm sorry, you must misunderstand what we're doing here. I have a lot of information that all of these people need. 
and you're preventing me from getting that information to them. So I'm going to ask you one more time to not chit chat or not visit during this time. I know you're excited to see your friends you haven't seen in a long time, but we've got these goals that we have to meet. I have to do these things and you have to stop doing those things so I can do that. Yeah, that's good. Try not to do the go to the office or you're out of here kind of thing. I'm trying not to do that, but I will give that person a phone call. Hey, I'm just so glad that so-and-so is in my class, mm -hmm. still a little revved up. Is there anything I should know? Something like that. Try to get to know that family and see if the, is this unusual behavior? Is this regular behavior or how can your parents help you with that yeah and I think too if you make your first day engaging you're not gonna have a lot of behavior you might have rowdy kids in the moment like I I anticipate when I play the lines and blobs game uh -huh. that my classroom will be noisy but I'm not mistaking that for out of control they need to communicate with each other at some right point the game. there will be talking yeah, yeah. Um, so I might be bumping into each other. Yeah, totally yeah. fine. Like, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I know that I will have problems if I'm standing in front of a class the entire time. Yes. So don't, yeah, don't feel pressure to get into the curriculum on the first, I mean, even in the first week. Yeah, I don't really get into the real meat of things until second, maybe even third week, just mm -hmm. depending on how things go. I try to get them excited about what they're going to be learning. I want them to be anticipating, oh my gosh, this is, I'm, I'm going to like this and I'm going to be able to do it. And if I don't know how to do it, she's going to help me yeah. do it. So that's kind of the, the mood I'm going through for the, for those first few days. Mm -hmm. I think another important thing is normalizing failure mm -hmm. with your students, and I think you're the one who gave this example where you intentionally make mistakes on the first few days of school and you have kids point them out to you so that you're like, oh, even Mrs. Krause makes mistakes. Yep. Thank you for pointing that out to me. I'm, I want to get better at that. Thanks for correcting me. Yeah. And yeah, I try to make it normal to make mistakes or fail. What is our homework? Now let me tell you, I would like for you to post your syllabus. So write your syllabus, and if you'd like to share it with us, you can post a link to it on our Twitter. We will definitely share our syllabi with you uh, via the website and uh, post a link to that on Twitter so you can uh, start getting some ideas of how to set a positive tone in your room on the very first day. And don't forget that your playlist is really important. <laughs> I think we'll also link to my Spotify playlist so that you guys can realize how beneficial listening to musicals, Queen, and <laughs> football, football music <laughs> is. No, you don't need to have a knowledge of sports to understand. That's your extra credit assignment for homework is to link to your playlist too because we should all be so inspired. Yeah. All right. I just listen to it on repeat. It's like those four songs over and over <laughs> and over again. No, I need about 30 songs in my playlist to get me all I thought the there were more than four. I thought you were just naming like the first four. No, I you really only think that's have only four. four. Yeah. You can't link us to a four-song yes, playlist. You need more. <laughs>
I'm with Glenetta. What's wrong with you? Your podcast listeners. I like to listen to one thing over and over and over and over again so that I can memorize it. That's why I've read She can only memorize four things. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of things I'm memorizing right now. I can only memorize four songs. I feel confident. Executive produced by Amanda Hutchinson.